Hey, everybody, before we get started with today's episode, please go to www.weeklywealthpodcast.com and check it out. It is now live and up and running. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chudik, where we discuss the wealth building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. Okay, so welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast. Uh, this is David Chudik, and we talk about the mindsets, the tactics, and the strategies to help you and your business to build and maintain wealth. So we have a treat today. We have our um, Director of Financial Planning, uh, Patrick Sherman, here on the uh, podcast today, and we're going to talk a little bit about just the process of financial planning, what it is, um, what it does, and, and some other details there. But uh, before we get started, Patrick, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your professional background and maybe a little bit about your family and anything personal. Sure, David. Well, thanks for having me. Um, really happy to be here today. Um, so a little bit about, a bit about myself. Um, I live here in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, and I've been in the industry about 11 years now. And so um, originally uh, I started with um, a local firm here firm here that was associated with MetLife, which is um, an insurance company, and um, later moved to another local um, independent investment advisory firm. Um, and so worked uh, for those two firms from 2009 to 2017. And um, between the end of 2017 and beginning of 2018, I started my own um, registered investment advisory firm. And so I'm working on, on building my business here locally. And then like, like you mentioned, I am helping um, Parallel Financial with um, their financial planning needs and their client needs. So that's pretty much it. Uh, originally I'm from Dayton, Ohio and uh, moved down here right after college. I went to the University of Kentucky and um, you know, I graduated in December of 2008. So at that time, it, the Great Recession had just started and so um, I, I graduated with a degree in economics and a minor in business. And so I love numbers. I wanted to do something with business. I enjoyed working with people. So at the time, um, one of the few industries that was hiring were, was the financial industry. And I pretty much, um, you, know, you know, I posted my resume on, on monster.com and ended up in Charleston where I wanted to be and working at a, a financial services firm. Well, there are a lot worse places in the world to end up than, uh, than Charleston, uh, Charleston for sure. So, well, cool. So you mentioned you know, financial planning and, and being a numbers guy and, you know, I'll often find myself, you know, just at a social event and, and, you know, just in conversation, somebody will say, well, Hey, you know, I know, I know which business you're in. If I, you know, if I had a hundred thousand dollars to invest right now, you know, where would you invest it for me? And, you know, I always literally say, I have no clue, don't know, don't know anything about you, don't know your situation, because um, really what, what we are are financial planners, and, and, and a component of that is investment management. So starting off, I mean, just tell us about, like, what, what is a financial plan, as opposed to, you know, we're not stockbrokers, uh, what's a financial plan? So a financial plan um, is really pretty simple. Um, you know, it, it's a plan of action for achieving uh, your goals, your financial goals, right? 
Now, inside that plan, it could be, you know, all the way from very simple, uh, a very simple um, financial picture to a, a, an extremely complex picture. And um, there's, there's different components of financial planning. So this could start with, you know, consumption and, and savings planning, debt planning, insurance planning. Then you go to investment planning, um, retirement planning, estate planning, and, you know, a really important part is in, income tax planning. And so those are typically the, the main components of what would go into a financial plan. So, you know, the way that I look at it is if, if, if I help a client and do a really good job helping them to manage their portfolio and they build up a really significant network, uh, uh, net worth, but um, one of the other cogs that you just mentioned are not into place, a huge portion of that uh, account or, or net worth could either go to taxes or, or go out to pay for uh, creditors or, or lawsuits or anything like that. So I think what we, what we as financial planners do is, is very, very, um, very, very important. Um, so you and I have worked together uh, with, uh, on, on a couple clients and um, I think uh, one of the things that, that we provide and, and you provide is kind of a, a simplification of their, of their financial picture. So uh, how important do you think that it is for, for a client to kind of see their entire you know, net worth and all their assets on one page? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's, <laughs> I think it can be uh, shocking. I think it can uh, wake somebody up, but I think, you know, if you're being honest with yourself and you really want to achieve your, your financial goals, it's very helpful. And, you know, initially it, it may seem a little overwhelming um, or it may look better than you expected. You, you may be doing a lot better than you thought. So it's, a, it's like looking in the mirror, right? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's an honest assessment and it's, it's where you kind of start with uh, the processes, you know, kind of determining your, your current situation. So it's, it's, it's very helpful um, in the long run, no doubt. Yeah, because, you know, whether you acknowledge the truth, if the truth is not as good as you thought it was, whether you acknowledge it or not, it's still the truth. So if you don't have as much money and if you're not on track for retirement, simply not acknowledging that you're not on track for retirement doesn't help the situation. Um, but, but looking at it and then seeing what changes can be made can, can put you back, uh, back on, the right, um, on the right track. So, um, you know, in, in your career working in the financial planning industry and, and, and being a financial planner, what are some, you know, just major mistakes that maybe you've seen from clients that had they not gone through the financial planning process, they probably would have never thought of? Sure. Um, you know, it could be something um, as simple as the way you file your taxes. You could be um, losing out on, on important deductions. Um, we've also seen cases where you could have someone, somebody with a considerable net worth that has been remarried. Maybe they've been remarried a few times. And if all their estate planning documents you know, insurance documents, um, you know, are not up to date with, with their current plan, um, that could be, you know, that could lead to a rude awakening as far as, wow, I, you know, somebody passes away prematurely and they leave all their 
you know, assets and estate to their ex-wife. Like that, that can happen. And, and oftentimes, if we don't catch that early on, I mean, that's... that's um, and there's pretty much no going back from that, right? I mean, if a life insurance policy is, whoever the beneficiary is, I mean, short of proving fraud, I mean, that the, the first wife is getting that money, even if he's four, four wives later, right? There's Unfortunately, yeah, that's, that's true. And that's why, you know, it's so important to, to pay attention to the details. Um, and, and I think that's the place where we function a little bit, almost like accountability partners. I mean, obviously there's not that much expertise involved with, let's just check your life insurance and see whose name is on the beneficiary. But let's be honest, nobody ever does that. Nobody on their own is going to look at their life insurance beneficiaries. But when your financial planner is saying, hey, part of the process is to review your beneficiaries, then it gets done. And um, a lot of what we do does require expertise, but that's just one of the simple things that doesn't really require much, but it needs to be done for sure. Absolutely. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, another thing that I've seen is, you know, I've seen wealthy people not have wills. And, um, you know, we don't do wills. Uh, we're not uh, attorneys, but we can certainly say, uh, Mr. Client, Mrs. Client, we are calling an attorney and setting an appointment for you to get your wills done before you leave this appointment because it's that important. And, um, you know, without com that component of estate planning, uh, there could be a tremendous, uh, tremendous issue. And, 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 the, and, the, and the, the healthcare directors and everything else that people don't think about uh, need, need to be done. And that's part of a, part of a financial plan um, for sure. So um, in the financial industry, um, the, the term financial advisor is kind of generic. And um, so what we, we have a fiduciary responsibility to our clients. So talk a little bit about what fiduciary, you know, what that word fiduciary means. And then also, um, you know, talk a little bit about how financial planners get paid. Um, and, 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 you know, as far as, you know, typically we're not, we're not collecting commissions and, and we don't have any one product to push because that's not the goal, the goal. Uh, so, so talk a little bit about kind of what a fiduciary is and then, um, you know, what kind of costs could be involved for a financial plan? Sure. Um, you know, so a fiduciary, you know, um, is no different than your, your doctor or your lawyer. Um, they're, they're um, bound and, and upheld to, you know, always act in your best interest. And that's not always the case across our industry. You know, um, some of the, the big corporations, uh, some of their advisors and brokers, um, they're not required to act in that fiduciary capacity. Now, I think our, our industry is changing for the better. I think um, we're all moving towards that model, but um, it, all, it hasn't always been that case. So, you know, you want to look for an advisor that is working in the true fiduciary capacity, meaning that they're completely objective. Um, so let me ask you this. To, Let's say I'm only licensed to sell one type of product. If that's the case, I almost have to make that product look like it's the best for most people or else I don't get paid at all. And we all have personal bills to pay. So um, I think what we do is a little bit different because we don't have any bias towards any one, one, one type of product. We're, we don't get paid any more or any less on a, you know, by um, who's on your, who's, who's a beneficiary on your life insurance policy. We just want to make sure that it's right. That's correct. There's, there's different ways that advisors are compensated and they should let you know how they are compensated. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I just to give you 
little bit of personal, um, you know, business um, acumen. I started a, a firm that is fee only, and a big reason I went that way was to to avoid any conflict of interest with my client's best interest. And you know, the the prior firms I worked at, we were we were compensated through commission and and fees. And I just I decided that uh, you know why not just take that that conflict completely out, and that way I can. I can always work in my client's best interest. So, so and, fee and only is the word that's thrown out. What t t for the lay people out there? What what does fee only mean? Fee only is means that you're only compensated by fees that you charge your clients. Meaning there, um, there are no commissions, there are no incentives, um, kickbacks, anything from any other compensation, basically. So the only compensation is directly from your client for the services that you provide. Okay. So yeah, that, that definitely takes out that human, you know, potential to, uh, to suggest something just to earn a commission for sure. So that, uh, that, that's, that's great right there. Let me just say this, that there are good and bad, good and bad advisors, um, on both ends of the spectrum. So, uh, it doesn't mean that one is bad or good. It's just, it's, they're compensated differently. And there are some tremendous advisors that are um, compensated through different, uh, you know, commissions and fees. And there's, there's, there's good and bad advisors that are comp compensated fee only. So it's, it's just important for, you know, the consumer to know. Sure. Well, I think ethic, ethical people will always behave ethically. However, you know, conflicts of interest do arise and everything. And, 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 uh, and we all are humans and, and I know as a CFP, and I know that you're sitting for that monster of an exam pretty soon, we have a very strong code of ethics uh, that we need uh, to which we need to adhere. And uh, that that puts us at a very high, high standard um, as well. So what, um, you know, th the cost of a financial plan, I mean, I know there's a lot of legwork for for the financial advisors when working with clients, there's client meetings, there's, um, you know, to, to fact find and, and find out what's important. Then there's the, the expertise and then there's, there's calculations and everything else. I mean, what are some of the ranges that you've seen as far as costs for financial plans? Because bottom line is, um, you know, uh, nobody works for free and, and we, we, you know, we typically charge for our services. So, so how do you normally work uh, uh, planning fees? Sure. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's a, a, a pretty wide spectrum there. And, um, I, you know, I think it really depends on, on a firm's, you know, what their clientele is, is like, uh, what their niche clientele is like. But, you know, I, I'd say typically what I've seen is, is most of your, your financial uh, plan fees, your planning fees would be from, you know, starting, you know, around $1,000 to $5,000. I'd say the majority of um, that's probably the, the highly, most highly populated range. But, you know, um, if you're working with really high net worth people and, uh, you know, I mean, you could see planning fees all the way up to six figures. It, it, but I'd say, you know, like I mentioned, the majority would be from, you know, the 1000 to $5,000 range. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, you know, obviously the fee is covering the expertise and, and the planning and everything, but also when there's a buy-in and, 
and um, you know the client has has a stronger uh, buy-in to to the to the to the plan, they're going to tend just to take more action and be more engaged in the process. It's almost like you know you probably know the things that you're not supposed to eat if you want to get get in shape, and you probably know some of the things you should do as far as exercise, but when you pay a personal trainer, you, you probably are a little bit more diligent in getting those things done that you have to do and not doing the things that you're not supposed to do. And I think a lot of what we do does function in the form of accountability and, and, um, and, and almost, uh, almost coaching, um, to an extent, to an extent. So, um, how do you feel about, uh, you know, the, the, what, what are some of, you mentioned the, 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 the areas of, of financial planning, you know, what, what are some that you just see are neglected uh, most, uh, most often? Like I said, I, it, it's quite often people think of us as money managers and investors, which is, you know, a lot of what we do, but, but it's not all of what we do. So uh, where have you seen some, some, some bigger mistakes? Oh, I, I'd say um, spending and budgeting um, because that requires control and, and taking action. Um, if you're not paying close attention to, what you're spending and uh, how much you're spending and how much you're saving, then you're never going to, you know, achieve your financial goals. And that's not just for poor people, right? I mean, you could make a million dollars a year and if you're spending 1.1 million, the, the math doesn't work, you know? So that's and, correct. I, I, I've seen that, you know, I've seen that quite a few times where you've got high income, but you've also got high spending and, and you're, you know, at the end of the, end of the year, you know, there's, there's nothing left. So you've got to get a hold of, of your spending in your budget. You've got to know your budget. Uh, I'm not saying you have to be crazy about it, but just have a, a plan that works for you to, that makes sense for you. And have you ever found it difficult just to have that un, un, uncomfortable conversation with a client, you know, maybe someone who's very wealthy and say, look, I mean, I mean, how do, how do you tell them that they're, they're going backwards? I mean, talk, have that conversation with me. Maybe I'm making several hundred thousand dollars a year and uh, you know, my income is really strong, but, but every dollar is leaving. I mean, what, what would you tell me? Well, typically they know, they, they know, um, they're, they know what's going on. Um, I think sometimes they, they just need the accountability. They need someone to hold them accountable. And you know, it, it's important, you know, they just, it, it's, some point they've got to take control and that that requires taking action it does it does you know and i think there's there's two parts of of budgeting and there's there's what's coming in and then there's what's going out uh for for the high net worth clients typically there's enough coming in to where even if you cut your spending a lot you're still living a pretty pretty comfortable lifestyle uh, but then on the other end of the spectrum i mean yeah there are other people who um, the way I look at budgeting is they also need to figure out a way to make more money because, um, you know, some of the minimums may not be being met in their life. So I do think that uh, the, the budgeting equation is a two, uh, two-way street. And, uh, you know, the only difference between rich people that, that, that go bankrupt is they have a lot more fun on the way down. Uh, some of, the, some of the, the athletes and rock stars, uh, you know, if, if you got to go broke, it, it, at least you had three Lamborghinis for a little while. So... Um, well, good deal. Well, awesome. Well, I think this has been a pretty good discussion just on the basics of, um, of financial planning. Um, and we would love for everybody to uh, check out our new website, the uh, www.weeklywealthpodcast. We actually 
um, are giving away a white paper by our, um, uh, our chief investment officer that talks about emotional investing and how to avoid it. And that's one of the services that we offer at, uh, at Parallel Financial in addition to, um, in addition to, to, uh, to, to financial planning. So Patrick, did you have anything uh, else that you'd like to uh, add on our way out here? I don't think so. I would just tell everybody to, um, to hang in there. You know, this has been a tough time during this, uh, this COVID-19 and um, spend time with your family. Um, and, you know, if you have been neglecting, you know, some important financial things you need to address, you know, now is the time to, you know, to take action. So um, just wishing my best to everyone. And thanks, Dave, for having me and everybody stay safe. Absolutely. Well, good deal. And we'll look forward, uh, maybe we, uh, you know, once a quarter, it'd be awesome if we could cover a specific financial planning topic that's uh, pertinent to that time of the year. So maybe towards the end of the year, we could look at some budgeting issues on, on Christmas and holidays, because that's a place where a lot of people start to get in trouble. So good idea. Sounds right. good. Awesome, Patrick. I appreciate it. Thanks. All right, David. Thank you. So thanks again for joining us this week on the Weekly Wealth Podcast. It was great to have Patrick Sherman on our episode today. Uh, please check out our new website, www.weeklywealthpodcast.com. And also please like and subscribe on the platform where you listen. And we wish you a blessed week. The information contained herein, including but not limited to research, market valuations, calculations, estimates, and other material obtained from Parallel Financial and other sources are believed to be reliable. However, Parallel Financial does not warrant its accuracy or completedness. The materials are provided for informational purposes only. It should not be used or construed as an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security. Past performance is not indicative of future results.